And this is Morning Edition on NHPR. I'm Rick Gamley. Time for the New Hampshire News Recap. Let's get into this week's top headlines. Former President Trump is visiting the Granite State this weekend as he ramps up his 2024 presidential campaign. Governor Sununu cast doubts on marijuana legalization this week and how an animal tranquilizer is adding new risks to street drugs in New Hampshire. Here to talk about those stories and more are NHPR reporters Josh Rogers and we've got also Paul Kuno Booth on the line as well. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. The uh, New Hampshire Republican Party's uh, annual meeting is this weekend, and former President Trump planning to make an appearance. Josh, let's start with you. Trump's last visit to the Granite State was in the fall of 2020. So what are we expecting from this visit? Uh, well, uh, we'll see. Uh, it has been two months since uh, f- the former president launched his 2024 uh, campaign. Uh, that's been pretty quiet. There's been certainly activity uh, dealing with him on the legal front. Um, but this will be his first trip out of Florida as a candidate. So one thing I think everyone's going to be watching for is how much excitement in the room does Donald Trump generate? Um, I suspect, you know, we're certainly going to hear from him talk about how New Hampshire should vote first. Uh, you know, this is the first place he won in 2016. And given what's going on with the DNC and President Biden's plan to move South Carolina to the head of the uh, Democratic nominating calendar. Um, And, you know, after this visit, uh, former President Trump's headed to South Carolina. So, you know, that event's going to be more of a straight up campaign rally. Uh, But both stops should give us a read on, uh, you know, how enthusiastic people are about Trump. They may like his his, uh, messaging, but do they like him as a messenger? I mean, a UNH poll out uh, yesterday showed uh, Trump trailing uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in an early poll of of voters here, Mm -hmm. um, 42 percent for DeSantis, 30 for Trump. So we'll see how the what the temperature, I guess, is sure. in the room. So what else is on the agenda, Josh, for Republicans on Saturday? Well, uh, the main thing is going to be selecting a new leader of their party, uh, current state Republican chairman Steve Stepanak, who was a co-chair of, of Donald Trump's 2016 campaign in New Hampshire and a big ally of his is stepping down. The uh, candidates vying to secede, succeed uh, Stepanak are Chris Ager. He's a former He's the current RNC committee man. And Lou Gargiulo, who was another former uh, Trump campaign co-chair, uh, Governor Sununu is backing Gargiulo for what that's worth. Gargiulo is a, a, a kind of a deep-pocketed businessman from the seacoast who has run and lost uh, state Senate elections in the last two uh Campaign seasons along the way, uh, spending you know more than four hundred thousand dollars of his own money. Uh, this year, he uh, called for a recount after losing you know by a pretty big margin, and you know he raised some eyebrows by empowering his campaign to essentially challenge every absentee ballot. He then dropped that challenge before it reached the ballot law commission. But the bottom line is both. Ager and Gargiulo are, you know, known quantities to the voting members of the party. Uh, most of the members I've talked to seem to think, uh, you know, Chris Ager is going to take the chairmanship. We'll see. The other uh, item on the agenda is going to be to pick a vice chair. Uh, and uh, that that race is going to be between Ryan Terrell, a, a state board of education member who's been endorsed by Governor Sununu and Christine Peters, who's been a leader of New Hampshire's Federation of Republican Women. Okay, so some some business will be done sure. uh, certainly tomorrow, and we'll, we'll find out more about that. Let's take into the news from the state house this week. The New Hampshire law, New Hampshire lawmakers needing to decide whether to reauthorize Medicaid expansion this year. Paul, I want to turn to you. Remind us who's covered by expanded Medicaid and what happens if lawmakers decide to just let that program expire. Sure. So Medicaid expansion um, is also known as Granite Advantage here, and it provides health coverage for low-income adults in New Hampshire. Um, lawmakers last reauthorized it uh, five years ago. It's set to expire at the end of this year if if they don't act. 
And, um, you know, typically about 50,000 people rely on Medicaid expansion at any given time for health coverage. Um, and that's not necessarily a static population. You know, it's a program that covers people as they lose a job and need health insurance or people who have seasonal employment. Um, it also disproportionately serves people in rural areas and people of color in New Hampshire. Um, so if it's not renewed this year, that could leave tens of thousands of, of Granite Staters without health coverage. Now, a new report from the New Hampshire Fiscal Policy Institute came out this month outlining the impact that Medicaid expansion has had for, for many Granite Staters. So, Paul, what, what does that analysis show overall? You know, it basically says that Medicaid expansion has had a number of benefits, um, both economically and for health in um, New Hampshire. It's cut the rate of people without health insurance significantly. It's expanded access to health care. Um, that includes you know, thousands of people who have used it to access mental health treatment or treatment for a substance use disorder. Um, it's also brought more than $3 billion in federal funding into the state and um, lowered hospital costs for treating uninsured people. Now, lots of things are happening um, at the State House this week. The New Hampshire House considering a bipartisan proposal to legalize possession and retail sales of marijuana in the state. But this week, Governor Sununu cast doubt on whether he'd support that bill if it ever reached his desk. So, Josh, tell us more about that. Well, marijuana legalization uh, isn't an issue where the governor uh, kind of plays his live free or die card. Um, he said legalization is probably inevitable, and New Hampshire is now the lone New England state not to have legalized recreational marijuana. It has been decriminalized under Sununu's watch. Uh, last year, the governor said if the right bill came along, maybe he'd support it. Uh, more lately, he's really been stressing that with the opioid and fentanyl crises being what they are, legalizing marijuana now is not the time. So, uh, you know, given that, I, I can't say it's surprising that his office is attempting to tamp down the idea that uh, marijuana legalization, and in particular this bill, which is uh, backed by the ranking Republican and Democrat in the House, uh, which would legalize up to quarter ounce, a quarter pound possession and um, tax retail sales under the Rooms and Meals Tax, will reach his desk. The, uh, the governor is, you know, he's a politician. He obviously is aware that polls show that uh, you know, around three out of four people in New Hampshire support or are fine with legalization. But increasingly, his message seems to be, you know, I don't want to see this. And it's not just Sununu, Josh. I mean, the state Senate has never reached an agreement on this either. It hasn't. Um, and, you know, there are a number of reasons why. Some of it is just, you know, who's happened to be there. Um, some is the potency of the, the law enforcement lobby around this issue. Uh, you know, some is inertia. But, you know, some marijuana legalization advocates say they do believe with the turnover in the Senate, there may be a way to get a legalization bill out of the Senate. Um, I don't think I would go that far at this point. And, you know, the, the reality is Senate President Jeb Bradley is also never backed legalization. He, I think, is, is, is not eager to see this pass. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say legalization's chances in the Senate remain touch and go. But this is a, a, a weird situation in that you know, we are now the only state in New England. And, you know, an argument yeah. advocates are making is that this could affect our tourism economy, which is obviously a big part of how New Hampshire um, succeeds economically. It's Morning Edition on NHPR. We're recapping this week's news with NHPR reporters Paul Kuno Booth and Josh Rogers. Let's continue with the latest news from the State House. Lawmakers debating different measures on abortion this session, some that would restrict and others that would expand access. Paul, you reported this week on a bill that is about data collection. What are lawmakers hoping to accomplish there? Yeah, this is a bill uh, proposed by several Republican lawmakers. Versions of it have uh, come up in previous years, and essentially it would require medical providers to report anonymized data about abortions to the state. 
Uh, New Hampshire is one of just three states that does not report um, statistics about abortions to the CDC. So backers of this bill say, you know, this information would just help sort of inform people on all sides of the debate. I want to turn to to you, Josh, from a Republicans in the New Hampshire House have put forward several proposed tax cuts. What kind of tax cuts are they hoping to pass? Uh, well, they're looking at taxes, uh, tax reductions to business taxes. Uh, there's a move to expedite the, the phase out of the tax on interest and dividend income that uh, is already uh, scheduled to phase out in, in a couple of years. There's a proposal to repeal the communication services tax, which um, collects about $30 million a year and hits predominantly cell phone users. Uh, Governor Sununu has said there will be tax cuts in the budget he presents next month. He hasn't specified which ones he plans on cutting. You know, the focus on House leadership this week was really on the interest and dividends tax. Uh, and, uh, you know, they say it's an income tax. They say it's a disincentive on savings. Uh, much of this debate over tax policy is going to play out in the state budget, and that's really not going to be settled till June. Paul, you reported last week that local outreach workers were trying to get the word out about an animal tranquilizer, xylazine. That's been cut into street drugs like fentanyl. And I wanted to get to that reporting before we ended today. What, what did they have? They say about the risks of, of xylazine. Yeah, as you said, this is a, an animal tranquilizer that's increasingly showing up in fentanyl in New Hampshire and, and other parts of the country. And um, harm reduction workers in New Hampshire have been seeing symptoms of it for the past year or so, uh, you know, people getting unusually lethargic, um, using drugs and then immediately falling asleep and not waking up for hours. Um, xylazine can also cause these really sort of aggressive um, skin wounds that can turn necrotic and um, sometimes lead to amputation. One of the people I talked to is um, Andrew Warner, Manchester's director of overdose prevention. It's just, it's unprecedented because, I mean, a lot of these people have been doing this for a long time. You know, we're used to seeing what we're used to seeing, and now there's something different going on. So, you know, in, in addition to those kind of really concerning skin wounds, um, this heavy sedation that it produces can can also carry risks. Um, there's concern it's contributing to, to overdoses. Um, it can also just, you know, especially for people experiencing homelessness, if they're um, knocked out for hours, that can leave them exposed to bad weather or or people can steal from them. Um, so harm reduction workers are telling people to just be extra careful when they use and um, really get any wounds they have treated right away. Is there something more the state you think should be doing about xylosine and, and other additives that are showing up in New Hampshire's drug supply? So what um, Warner and other harm reduction workers told me is that there's just not a lot of good data on what's in New Hampshire's drug supply. Um, they say that as they're trying to figure out, you know, whether um, they're seeing xylazine or, or other things cut into into street drugs, they're really looking at like data from other states, Massachusetts, Vermont. Um, there are some bills uh, currently be con being considered by the legislature that would uh, make it easier to um, launch what are known as drug checking programs. Uh, which would allow you know people who use drugs to to bring in small amounts, have them tested, and and sort of learn uh, what's in the supply. That's something that um, Massachusetts has done and and has really produced a lot of detailed data about things like xylazine and and other concerning um, substances being being cut into the drug supply. Is there well to do that? Um, I, I guess we'll see. Um, there's certainly, um, you know, a number of legislators who seem interested in this. Um, there was uh, a state police official who, who testified that he has some some concerns about one of the bills being um, proposed. So I, I guess we'll see where it goes. 
I want to ask you both, Josh and Paul, what are the stories you might be working on right now, what we can expect to hear from uh, from you and from your reporting in the next few weeks? Josh, let's start with you. Well, uh, yeah, I'm just still trying to get a feel for what the narrowly divided legislature is going to mean in terms of policies and collaboration. Um, you know, marijuana is, is going to be a case in point. There are many bills beyond the one we discussed this morning. There's housing policy. There's a new child care committee. Um, just I'm curious to see how the operational aspects of our current government play out. Okay. How about you, Paul? You know, one of the biggest stories right now in healthcare is just the ongoing workforce shortage across hospitals, long-term care facilities, mental health care, um, and that's having a number of effects for um, for staff and and for people who need treatment. So we're we're hoping to do some more um, coverage of that in the coming weeks. Okay, we'll be watching for that. Thank you both. NHPR reporters Josh Rogers and Paul Kunobu. Thanks for the, taking the time this morning. You're welcome. Thank you. You can find more of their work and all of the stories that we talked about this morning, as always, at nhpr.org. And we're here next Friday with a fresh one. I'm Rick Ganley, and this is NHPR.